skeletal forms, burn toxic green, vacant eyes, lit with everlasting hellfire. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Let's Watch Scary Movies. We are your horror hosts. I am Caitlin. And I am Jenny. And we are still in each other's warm, We're warm, still together. embrace. <laughs> We're still together. Yes. We're still snuggling. Watching scary movies. Snuggling <laughs> scary movies. That's all we've done, really. <laughs> it's been perfect. <laughs> it's been a great couple of days. Yeah. I love having Jenny in London. <laughs> are you excited to go back to Nottingham? Yes, of course I am. Like my husband and all my friends there. <laughs> Can't wait to go back. <laughs> uh, I just I didn't mean to pause that long. <laughs> yeah. No, yes, I am. I'm looking forward. I miss my cat. Um, Andy like, doesn't get a look at but she misses the cat. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> yeah. um, I miss my cats. But yeah, it's been it's been nice being here. It's a bank holiday weekend here in the UK, so that means no work for us on Monday. Hooray. So we are enjoying this Sunday, yeah. coming at you at this Sunday evening, although you'll be listening on a Wednesday, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We're Wednesday? anything if not inconsistent. <laughs> what day is it? So we're really excited because actually today we are welcoming a very special guest, our good friend Shane. So we have known Shane for 15 years. 16 maybe we met at university and we love shane he's our favorite irishman and i have collaborated with shane on some artistic theatrical things he also is a writer an occasional stand-up comedian (laughs) um and yeah so we're really pleased to welcome shane to the show shane do you want to say hello and introduce yourself hello hi can you guys hear me yeah yeah we can hear you hooray hooray what was it introduced myself okay i'm shane I am a writer and a teacher, and I'm not drinking a pint glass of wine, and I don't know what I'm being accused of. <laughs> Shane actually held up a a bag of wine. Yeah. yeah. It's bank holiday, bag of wine. Hey. Why not? Is it bank holiday for you there too? Shane? No, Shane, you're not in. No, you guys, fun fact, fun fact. When they have bank holidays in Slovakia that fall on a Sunday, you know what they do? They just have them on a Sunday. And then oh, work is just ew. normal to it's very, very crap. I was I'm not no I'm at work tomorrow. I'm uh, taking it chill here in Bratislava, but I'm very excited to talk horror movies with both of you because we talk about horror movies a lot. Yep. We and do. Yeah. Today's choice of film was actually a suggestion from Shane. Yeah, he which- got guest choice. Guest choice, which is which is nice because you get something unexpected. Like I would not have necessarily gone for this movie, and I'm glad that we watched it. Yeah, I don't think it was uh, high on our list to review. But, but hey, we always wanted to do Conjuring Universe. It's yeah, in the Conjuring Universe. So obviously, you will have seen from our liner notes that <laughs> we are talking about the Nun, uh, which was 2018. 2018, directed by Corin Hardy. What else has this person done? Actually, Do we know? yes, he's directed a film that I really loved called The Hallow which is kind of a, an Irish folk horror. It's okay, really good. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed it. It's on Shudder at the moment, if anyone has Shudder. Okay. So, Shane, 
Talk to us. What's what made history? you? Yeah. What made you pick the nun? Yeah. What's your history here? Talk. Tell us. Here's the thing. I knew today that you guys would ask me this, and part of when you guys asked me to do a podcast, part of the thing was, I don't know why the nun came into my head so quickly because. Is it the best horror movie ever? No. Is it my favorite horror movie? No, but it immediately came into my head. And you know why? Because you guys talk a lot in the podcast about like structure and movie, and plot, acting, like, you know, all these different things. But we very rarely talk about where were we when we watched it and what were we doing? And that reminds me a lot. Like, for example, you know, Star Wars, right? You know, the whole new Star Wars series. Yep. Yes. So I went to see Star Wars Episode Nine. It was showing at midnight, like the opening night. And I saw Star Wars 7, 8, and 9. And they had an R2-D2 serving all of the drinks. So by the time <laughs> Star Wars 9 came on, at midnight, I was completely wasted. And someone stole my phone. My friend moved away from me because I was snoring so loudly. <laughs> and the guy who was picking up the popcorn packets with that, like, bin prodder thing was like poking at me so that's my only memory of Star Wars so when people are like oh I really loved episode 9 I'm like no I hated it I cannot, I cannot escape where I was when I was I was like no it's crap like, but the special effects no Daisy Ridley's really no phone stolen so I can't move away But so the experience of watching it stays with you a lot as much as the actual film does. Do you know that what I mean? That is absolutely true. And, yeah. we, and we have talked about that a little bit. Like, I know we talked about it with Blair Witch because that was such a, you know, 1999. That was such a kind of pivotal yeah. year. Yeah, same with Scream. Yeah, if you're of a certain age. Um, yeah. So yeah, go ahead, So the Nun. Yeah. Okay, so the Nun. Dublin had just got its first 4DX cinema. You know 4DX when they moved the, the chairs? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You know where the chair moves and where there's like, like wind and water and it's, it's like a giant massage chair, but it moves to the plot and the music. So the first yes. horror movie we ever did was The Nun. And you guys, they never did it again. They never did a horror movie after it because <laughs> people left. People, I watched The Nun where people left the cinema screaming. Wow. That's how, like, that's how I, so that of course is going to build into what I think about the film because I never had so much fun at the cinema. It was so much fun <laughs> watching a, this movie. It was just a roller coaster. Absolutely. And that counts for a lot. Like your kind of experience going yes. in and just how entertained you are. Definitely. Yeah. Gosh, I could see that actually, how that would be significantly scarier <laughs> in a 4D scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like things spraying in your face and your chair shaking. Yeah, absolutely. Thank God it wasn't driving me to hell. <laughs> yeah, like uh, oh, drive me to hell would be a great one to do in 4DX. But we um, <laughs> too much bodily like, fluid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd just be soaked. Yeah. <laughs> Please see complimentary umbrella beside the seat. But um, <laughs> it um, yeah. So that that builds into a lot of my thing about the non about being it's such an entertaining film to watch like it was so much fun and um, I had so much fun with it and even when I watch it on TV at home I do think it's fun I don't necessarily think this is the greatest movie ever made but I had a lot of fun with it there's a lot of things I love we can deconstruct it but I mean you know give me an isolated Romanian monastery give me like a crucifix on fire and a sexy Frenchman I'm there you're winning that you don't, Frenchman, you have to be he yourself. was sexy. Yeah. He was definitely hot. Frenchy. Frenchy. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. would have gone yeah. there. Yeah, 
It's like uh, this movie is basically like a Tinder date showing up at your door with roses who looks super hot, driving a Lamborghini, being like, I'm sorry, do you mind if I brought my puppy along? His foot's really sore. And I'm like, dude, you literally cannot ruin this. You can't ruin this. The packaging is all, you only need to be a white supremacist to ruin this. Otherwise, I'm you're winning. It's a boundary. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah. Like the packaging of the film is already there. I'm already there for the packaging. I'm like monastery Romania none done. Oh yeah, it I'm definitely involved. it definitely doesn't lack for you know sort of environment and yes. just setting. It wins on all counts there. Yeah, agree. Well, I mean, guys, should we get into it? Let's get into it. Now it's time for a breakdown. Okay, here we go. Total Eclipse of the Nun. <laughs> so, I also have Total Eclipse of the Nun. <laughs> so, we're flat. <laughs> Were we singing? I think we might have been singing while we watched this. Okay. <laughs> so, we have a flashback to... I wrote previous movies. Yes. So, I don't know. It's, My notes are not good on this. So, <laughs> you get flashes of, yeah, scenes from The Conjuring okay. 1 and 2, I think, were out by the time this came out. You see, like, the Warrens and they're seeing images of the nun in their house, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something for Poppin' says, you know, the following occurred in 1952 in Romania. Yes. Two nuns open a chamber door with Latin writing. So there's two nuns going down the um, corridor. It looks a little bit like the corridor from Phantom of the Opera because there's, like, mist. Yes. And candles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the they've got they're holding something, a key or something. Oh yes, and one nun kind of opens the door and steps in, and then something snatches her, and she kind of whispers to the, the younger nun, "You know what you must do," and then gets dragged into the <laughs> darkness. And then you've got this young nun; she's trying to escape. And she kind of ends up on a windowsill. And there's a crucifix behind her that's sort of slowly turning upside upside down. down. And then it goes on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So already we're like three minutes in and we've got upside down flaming crosses. Yep. And she goes goes off the ledge, doesn't she? Yep. She ties a noose around her neck, says, forgive me, Lord, and jumps. Yep. And I already have in my notes, I'm so confused. (laughs) And I think... Did that confusion end? No, the confusion <laughs> never stops. <laughs> Are you so confused now? I am. This is a nonstop confusion about this fucking nunnery <laughs> or convent, rather. I'm confused. I'm, confu- I'm, I'm confused about life. I'm confused about parking tickets. I'm confused about all sorts of stuff. Exactly. In this movie, it, it didn't help my general confusion. <laughs> you did not solve the mystery of parking tickets with this film. No, no. All- but I will say, in the midst of the confusion comes a young, hot man with vegetables. Yep, he has a cart with some with some veggies. Yep. Um, I grew up in the on the farm. I have a cart. I identified with him. I thought this <laughs> would be me. <laughs> it is you. It is. We should just call him Shane yep. for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so Shane, Shane sees some crows. Uh-huh, and then he notices. That's not a good sign. No, it's never a good sign. A murder of crows. And then he sees the nun hanging. And the birds are eating her face. Yes. Because, I mean, let's start strong. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> let's let's have, a, have a, a nun kill herself and then get pecked apart by crows. In the first, I don't know. Five, five minutes. Five, yeah. six minutes. Yeah, five yeah. minutes. Then we get to see the secret priest council. Yes. It was a very kind of 
odd meeting. And Shane, feel free to jump in here at any point because we really just talk it through. Yeah. So you, you've seen this film more than we have. <laughs> I've seen this film a lot. And okay, the Vatican part is the dialogue's not great. But you know what, though? I love a strong introduction. Give me your attention. You know, if movies are like people and you're coming to my house party, like come in and set yourself on fire. Come in with an exploding ball of glitter. Get my attention. Don't just um, politely ask everyone their name. Get my attention. This movie got my attention. I was paying attention within the first couple of minutes. The dead nun, crucifix going upside down. And we actually see the villain in question, although it's an outline in the reflection of the window, we do really see the villain. You know, it's not this thing about talking about the villain for a long time. We see the reflection of the villain in the first, like, two minutes. So I'm immediately engaged. So, yeah, the Vatican scene, very few movies do Catholic politics very well. So, yeah, that was a bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) Was it accurate, though? Well, from all of my time being in the Vatican as a politician... (laughs) Are you trying to say that Shane's the Pope? How would I I know? Are you trying yeah. to say, Shane, Caitlin thinks you're the Pope? I, 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 sometimes I think I'm the Pope, which that's a real horror movie there. But, um, <laughs> Eat the hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, some of, the, some of the, yeah, that scene could have, could have had a lot of development because it, that scene sets everything up because those priests or bishops or cardinals in the Vatican, they send the main priest on his mission to London to get this would-be nun to go with him, right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, you have to go. She's familiar with the territory. And then she's never been to Romania, but really she's got these secret visions. And she's a teacher. I identify with her because she's a primary school teacher. So am I. She's beautiful. So am I. She's a nun. I'm not a nun. (laughs) She's not a nun yet either. She's not a nun yet. She's on the precipice of a nun. No. And she's having exactly. she's having doubts, isn't she? You can tell her vagina's she having is. doubts. Yeah, so she I'm, sees that hot guy. Yep. Yeah, I'm having a lot of doubts at being a nod when I see a hot guy. So we're mm-hmm. relating on multiple areas. So I was unclear because I think I think it was my fault about was she having visions specifically about that convent, and that's why they're sending her there. Because I got the feeling rather that right. she was just having more. Just visions in general. Yeah, she said, oh, I had visions and the, the church investigated. And for whatever reason, she was deemed as, you know, chosen by God as opposed to being burnt alive. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> I know this was the 50s, but people still got hung. Yum. Okay. So father is sent to the non-suicide convent, which is what I called it in my notes. And so he goes to get her and brings her to Romania. Yeah, he goes, gets her. I love the fact that she's, when you first see her and she's teaching, she's telling the kids that dinosaurs are real. Yes. And like the Mother yes. Superior is kind of watching her, not very happy. She's super bitch. Yeah. Super bitch. Yes, I, I skipped that part. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, the Vatican pick you. So away they go. Yep. They go and meet Frenchie. Uh, he's called Shane. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Shane. Mm, because he saw the hanging he wakes up, he, yeah he wakes up like drunk in a caravan not knowing what's going on with bad nightmares I'm like again me all of these people are me except <laughs> <they're> not. so <laughs> Shane slash Frenchie is um, kind of hitting on the non-nun oh, Irene her, she's all a flutter yeah she's all a flutter at, at, at oh, the vision yeah. of Shane 
The basement has flooded. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's hot. It's he is hot. So they're... They kind of... <laughs> so they, they, they make him take them to the, the abbey. And oh, he, he that's like the horse won't yeah, go any he, further. He doesn't, he doesn't want to take them at first. And then when, they, when he agrees, the horse won't take them all the way. They have to walk the last way. And he says, and he's asking, like, why the Vatican have sent them. He says, the Vatican sent them to see if the ground is still holy. And it says that he's a miracle hunter. Yes. Which I like that phrasing. Yeah. I am also a miracle hunter. So, Frenchie had left the dead nun in a freezer, which this whole, like, series of events. And say miracle hunter is my Tinder profile name. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> It's the bio on my social media. So, of course, he put her in a freezer, as I guess you would do. Yeah, he put her in the ice house yeah. to um, yeah. go off. Keep her fresh. What do you yeah. do? Put her in the sunroom? Yeah. And then as he goes in and he shows them, and she's sitting, she's sitting up, and uh, Frenchie slash Shane says, I should tell you one thing. That's not how I left her. Dun, dun, dun. I love that scene. I thought that scene was great. I thought it was, yeah, I, I liked that. It was interesting. I liked this scene too because it was a, it was a, what's the word? Like kind of a small, a small progression. Like yeah. it could have been something else. It probably wasn't. You're already, this feeling of just dread and sort of, yeah. Already just, you're just like, why are you there? It's why unsettling. There? The whole thing is unsettling. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do think it, it did. That's one thing the movie really does well is it really establishes an atmosphere. Yeah. And yeah, I'm the same channel. Like, I love that atmosphere. Yes. Like, take me to a convent in rural Romania in the 50s. Only scary things can happen there. I love that one. Is that a movie? Yeah, Crucifixion. Yeah, that's one. It's a possession film based in, I'm sure it's based in Romania. Um, mm, okay. So, yeah, you've got kind of nuns and possessed people. Yeah. Uh, tangent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, but I agree. I like that scene, too. Um no one else seems to be around, which I immediately thought was very strange yeah. in this film because there were certain parts where I really was baffled as to the decisions that they were making because they all seem like reasonably smart people. But sure, she she was in a different position when he left her. They so they, I think oh uh, yeah, they have like a little yeah. funeral, and um, at this point, father is explaining why he's explaining to Irene why the graves have bells on them. Just in case someone gets buried alive. I want a bell. In Ireland, in Ireland, we did that a lot. And I think in the UK, they did that because, um, you know, when you ever see those um, pictures of people who've got a lot of white powder on their faces, like in the 1700s, 1800s, and it was lead, and they were yeah. putting lead faces, it would often knock them out. And so, and this is where we get the term the graveyard shift when you work late at night. It comes from this that you would literally tie about. Now, I think almost, I don't know if there's ever any story of where it actually worked, but I think it was a way of just not being able to process that somebody had died, that you would tie a piece of string and have a bell yeah. in the event that they were just got knocked out and medicine didn't really know the difference between being knocked out and dead. Um, so where we, that's where we get the graveyard shifts from and you'd have people like passing out for various different reasons historically. So... Yeah, in Ireland, we did that too. So I, I thought that was an interesting connection. Oh, definitely. And it's for sure creepy setup. Like yeah. you just know it's going to, like that planting yeah. of payoff, yeah. it's going to come into it later. And 
it's going to be creepy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at this point, I think they're finished burying her and they're going into the church. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they go into the creepiest church ever. Sure. Do a little investigation and they talk to what could be like the creepiest, supposedly Reverend mother, but like completely veiled face. And this is where I started to feel a little bit kind of annoyed because I feel like if it was me and I had any sort of common sense whatsoever and I go to this place where nuns are killing themselves, there's nobody around. Like, why haven't they buried her? Yeah. Why does he do it with the French guy and the new nun? Like, why haven't the nuns who are at the convent buried her? Okay, that's weird. So, and they've just left her in the freezer. So I'm already like, okay, but why are you making these decisions? Then you go in and talk to this veil. She won't even show her face locks you in basically i'd already be like right as soon as the door opens i'm out of here i don't but maybe this is where i feel like i just don't understand that real dedication to god you know like (laughs) clearly god has chosen them and so maybe they feel like it's their duty like maybe that's the part of the movie that's missing for me i don't know did you did you guys just take it in stride like okay oh no instantly i'm like well that's probably satan (laughs) No. <laughs> you look like Satan. Yeah. Well, let's have a chat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And she's unlike, she knows creepy things that she says about how Irene, she knows Irene hasn't taken her vows yet. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, can we like talk to you? And she's like, no, come back tomorrow after our weird, creepy, quiet time. Oh, Vespers. Yeah. <laughs> weird, creepy, quiet time. Yeah. Don't give me your opinions, Miriam. Be quiet. Write them down. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you could, there, there are lodgings in the convents. So it's like, uh, okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> also, no one's questioned the, the fact that when um, they're walking around, I swear at one point they say that there has to be one nun, um, nun praying at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, that would instantly be like, why? Yeah, I mean, they didn't. They don't say that. They don't find that out till a little bit later. Yeah. But, but I like, mean, if, if someone told me that, I'd be like, oh, interesting. Why? <laughs> So then you, from that scene, you kind of switch over to Frenchie. He's in the forest with a lamp and he sees a nun go. She moves, right? And then she gets hostile. Well, yeah. It's like he's walking through the woods and he He sees a nun. (laughs) How would you describe it there? Yeah, no, that is, yeah, that's hostile. Yeah, she's like, she's trying to murder you. You're (laughs) hostile. Well, he's attacked by the ghost nun. Yeah. Okay, so... So on a scale of one to five, how scary did you find this scene? Five being scary. Two. Shane? Yeah, I would say two, but if I can, I know it's, if I would go back to the previous scene. The previous scene is, for me, where I feel it starts to fall down. Okay. And as much as I love the movie being enjoyable, that with the Reverend Mother, there are things that, that I believe, first of all, like my aunt is a nun and has gone through periods of like absolute silence that i kind of get the realism there is not bad i just think it's the dialogue is really poor mm-hmm. like a man a man and, and bear in mind this guy is not a detective he is a priest he's not a lay person he understands the dynamics of the church and the way that convents cloistered order like a uh, like secluded orders work he can't just walk in there and start asking questions it's disrespectful like there there are barriers there that he can't really he can't really go over right. and i kind of bought that but i thought that scene was done really badly because i was like are you expecting everybody to know how a convent works 
because if they don't, this scene isn't really very believable. The, 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 we needed something a little bit uh, more clever. I loved the fact that the Reverend Mother then spoke in French and with with a really good accent. She spoke to Frenchy in French, like uh, that's right. Yeah. Translation is, is it so? Which really just if Raymond really just means really, really, like, yeah. you could you could translate that anyway. But I I thought this is this is where you're starting to get a little bit sloppy. But I do believe the priest would not have just stormed in there. He would have respected her because she would probably outrank him, which is weird in Catholicism for a woman to outrank a man. But she probably, she's in control of the whole space. And they do that weird thing about silence. And th- there's a lot of like ancient kind of Catholic systems they're respecting, but it's not really communicated very well to the audience. So I did think that was where it was sloppy. I still did believe it, but I think I believed it because of what I kind of know about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, that absolutely. That makes sense. And it's a really fair point as well, because obviously I lack any of that knowledge about, you know, Catholicism, yeah. especially really traditional, like devout Catholicism. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And you're right in the sense that they didn't, they didn't convey it clearly. So, yeah, I'm no. just thinking like, my immediate thought was, she's not real. She's a ghost. Get yeah. the fuck out. Like, that was what I thought straight right. out of the gate. So, which is also why later when it's revealed, you know, that she is, I was 0% surprised. And that was, like, not a twist. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, and and good point, you know, as I say. And then, so then even for me, like, the scene where he's attacked by the ghost, and for me, like, also too, I don't think, I don't think the film took the time to build up the suspense and the tension and to also allow you to care enough about the characters. They're likable, you know, but I, I do feel like the character development was a little bit lazy. Yeah, well, that, the, the scene with Frenchie wandering through, like, if you took that move, if you took that scene completely out of the film, it doesn't change the plot in any way. No, exactly. Like, and so I think if you're a good director and a good writer, you always have to be like, sorry, why is this here? Why? Uh-huh. Is it just to go bump in the night? Now, that's a part of me that kind of thinks, listen, this movie is just entertaining. Did I did I jump Woo! a bit when that happened? Yeah. Was it smart? No. If I was making that movie, I would have... Co- it, it adds nothing. It doesn't add anything. And then he... Later on, I don't want to jump ahead of you guys, but like later on, he just sits in a bar and he's like, "Yeah, you know, there's something weird about that monastery." <laughs> and like, you were you were chased by a bad nun to the extent that you had to rip off a giant crucifix and walk home to a bar with it. Oh now, I yeah. Never done, but if I did, I would be like, "Yeah, there's something strange about the train station." Like it's just a bit. It's like the two. So then you have the father and the young nun, what is her name? Irene. Irene. Irene have dinner and you kind of learn a little bit more about her visions. And then he also tells, um, he flashbacks to an, flashbacks to an exorcism, I believe. Yeah. He's doing an exorcism on a, a young boy and the boy, it turns out the boy died, didn't survive. So he's kind of now, I don't know. It's like he's trying to prove something. Well, he was slamming some wine there. Yeah. He he has some trauma from this from this boy's death. But I also thought even like that flashback as part if that's your the extent of your character development. Yeah, exactly. For me it's like lazy exposition. Like that's that's how I view it. That's how I view it. Then I think they kind of go their separate ways to go up to bed. And so he hears noises. Yeah, he I think it's not the laundry because there's loads of sheets hanging. And oh, he yes. kind of hears yeah. something. 
And so the father's walking through all the sheets. And then he sees the, the boy, the ghost of the boy that, that died during the exorcism. And he follows him. It's like, why? Why Again, would you do yeah, that? Why I would 100% not follow the vision of a dead child that I've just been talking about. It's very um, event horizon. Yeah. Don't follow the visions that you know aren't real. Yeah. Come on now. The boy ghost vomits a snake. Ah, uh, yes. Which mm-hmm. bites the father and he falls into an open grave. And then all of a sudden it's all filled in and like planted and you just see the bell on the grave going. Going nuts, yeah. So what, so Shane, what did you make of this scene? This is, yeah, there's, there's a middle part here where the movie's not very long. It's important to point out. Like, I, I think it runs in at like, what, 92 minutes or something? I think, it's yeah. Yeah, it's about long. 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I, I honestly feel like, I don't know, I don't know anyone who's involved in this, but I feel like when they were making it, they went, shit, we only have 60 minutes of a stuff here. Let's just glue it. Like, that's honestly... This kind of goes nowhere for me. Now, when you're in the cinema and it's dark, I mean, it's fun. There's a couple of things that go bump in the night. This is a ghost train. Like, I'm kind of having fun. I'm not disconnecting from where we're going, but this ultimately means nothing. Like, yeah. none of this is really going anywhere. The backstory with the priest, I mean, you got to have a good backstory, right? you got to have a, you know, a sense of regression. Uh, I mean, even The Exorcist did that very well with the priest yeah i i, I don't know i i didn't really I, I i didn't really buy into a lot of that i thought there's um the cinematography of how a lot of those scenes were done was really good uh i loved when the irene the the one the nun is walking through the the sheets yeah the sheets of family where the, it's like this i think this is kind of clever um and the graveyard and stuff was good i I don't you know. I I saw. I was thinking today about like why did I recommend this film? The scenes in it are just really stupid. Lots of they go shit. But I think um you know this year slight tangent. Give me thirty seconds. Okay. Slight tangent. We love a tangent. The power, the power of the dog won loads of Academy Awards. I'm not really sure why. And Nomadland won lots of Academy Awards, and I kind of do know why. But a lot of those things are about the landscape being a character. Like the landscape, the environment almost speaking for itself. And this movie does that quite well with horror. That it's like, it's like, it's you know, a, a great a foggy graveyard, a Romanian isolated mountain monastery. I'm done. So these scenes, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. They're fun. They're like what basically every horror house tries to do, but it's fun. So I don't think they add to the plot. I don't think they were necessary, but I had fun with them. They're cheap tricks, but I had I was I was having fun, and they didn't annoy me to the extent that I was like, now I don't believe what any of you are doing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So did it did it not bother you then when he sort of like tripped over and all of a sudden he was in the he was in the coffin and there was dirt on top of him and he was completely buried and it seemed to be as if done by magic because I feel like this did bother me and i think it's because there weren't any there weren't any kind of rules set up so i don't really it just seemed like a convenient yeah sort of cheap way like you said shane like oh shit we got 60 minutes left like who really cares how he gets buried like let's just all of a sudden he's buried and like for me i even wrote i'm like was this ever explained like not that i need some sort of concrete 
logical no, explanation. But at but... no other point in any of the encounters with this evil force does it have any sort of physical you know, right. visions, uh, visions, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing moves. Right, like, so it sort yeah. of broke the rules that it had already sort of worked to yeah. set up, and I think that's why it bothered me so much. it doesn't happen again either, so no. it's not like, oh, okay, it can do that as well. It's just like, oh, okay, was he magically transported into... A coffin, uh, yeah, he... and so that took me out of it. Yeah. And I think so now all of a sudden I'm thinking like, did I miss something? Is there is this allowed now? Is magic a thing yeah. in this particular world that we're in? Like so that, yeah. Just as I say, it, that broke the spell a little bit for me because now all of a sudden I'm thinking about it and I don't want to think about it. My disbelief can be per- suspended pretty easily, or I wouldn't watch as many horror yeah. movies <laughs> yeah. as I do. Yeah, I have to. Admit, I no, do. I... Remember... Oh, sorry, Shane, go on. No, no, go, go, go. Um, I remember the first time I watched this and I did get quite, I thought the scene was quite tense where now he's in the grave and the bell's ringing and Irene wakes up and she hears something and you have like a big jump scare of, of her seeing the nun behind her in the mirror and then she's she can hear the father and she's like, well, she has a vision of him, doesn't she? She has like a vision. Well, she has a vision that he, of which one he's in because then all of them start ringing. Right? Yeah. And that bit when she's running through the graveyard and the bells are ringing, I'm like, how... If you were in a graveyard and all of a sudden these bells started ringing, like how fucking terrified would you be? Absolutely. Yeah. So I did quite like the first time I watched that this film, I did enjoy that scene. This was now my third time seeing it and it lost its kind of okay. thing for me. But I, yeah. yeah, Jenny, I think I'm the same thing as you. I'm like, I think if you start to see it again, when the, shall we call them parlor tricks, mm-hmm. um, just, d- d- just die. And then you're like, why is it? You know, like, I know you, I, can we reference other movies in this yeah. podcast? Yeah, well, of course. Like, we do it all. Okay, yeah. So, you know, in, like, Silence of the Lambs, like, that's one of those movies that's, like, a grower. Like, every time you watch it, you're like, damn it. That was so, it's like, the way that he's picking up that knife. Oh, and he, like, and he, because he picked up two other things before, and he looked at her, and he picked up that one, and he didn't look at her, and it's the sharpest one. And you start to really study like why this makes you so uncomfortable and it's really, really clever. This movie's yeah. almost the exact opposite of that. That it's like once once the like, boo, I'm in the cupboard, once that kind of goes away, in, in this at least in this part of the film, the middle part, I'm kinda like, okay, yeah, this isn't really very smart. Like I don't know why the first time I watched it I enjoyed it. Um I thought it was fun, but it doesn't um it doesn't add anything. I will say though, like there's a what what they don't do well, which you have to kind of interpret, is the battle between good versus evil, because it's obviously it's, all the entire thing is based on Catholicism, mm-hmm. and so it's good versus evil, and uh, evil is doing whatever it can to separate the two of them because she is he is her the priest is the nun's guide, as it were, and the nun is the one with the superpowers. And that's kind of ironic because that leads later into The Conjuring 1 and 2 because that's basically what the Warren family in The Conjuring 1 and 2 are. He is like the champion warrior. I'm not so clear on what the fuck he does, to be honest. I think she's the badass. Yeah. He just like, he, like, he knows the exorcisms, doesn't he? He just, he just stands there and talks and prays in a really manly way. She's the one like communicating with the dead. Yeah. I'm like, well, I would, I would want her, not him. But so I think it's I, I think it's leading into because the Conjuring universe comes later after the Nun. The Nun is kind of the start of it, and yep. I think it's that idea of 
of the man and the woman. The woman sees the vision, the man has the strength and has the information, and the powers of evil keep trying to separate them. And with her visions, she keeps trying to get back. So there's a continuity there. Yeah, again, it's not super. It's not. It's it, it, it's not super clever. I think it's a little sloppy. But I do agree that the part once she starts chasing and the bells are going, like it is, it is creepy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, and, and there, I'm still rooting for them. I want her to save him. I want yep. her to survive. Like it was successful, at least in that enough in that you know sort of area. So, um, so she she uses she uses her kind of vision powers to focus. Um, and she sort of finds the actual one that he's ringing and gets a shovel and starts digging him out um, and manages to rescue him. Yeah, and you have that another jump scare, like when she looks in the coffin and the nun, the evil nun, appears behind him in the coffin. Yes. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah. jump scare. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, and he's sort of being attacked by her as she digs him out, no? Like, he, he starts to get yeah, attacked. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're, like, looking at you, Shane, like... like Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So once he's out, he sort of finds some books in the grave. I was a little confused about that part, but he finds some books or something, right? And he's like, "Oh, maybe I'll read these." I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He does. And I think it's her visions also led them to the books to identify Valak, who is really the nod. Yes. Well, and then they notice as well that there's like more blood on the step from where the nun was hanging. Um, yeah. And he ascertains that there's a powerful evil presence. Yes. In case you weren't, in case you weren't away. Yes, you were curious. Yeah. What was going on? <laughs> there is a powerful evil, evil presence. presence. That's what I'm going to start saying when I go into the bathroom after my husband. <laughs> Once per month. Yeah. Once a month, I have a powerful evil presence. <laughs> Can I buy always? Do you want always, always maxi pads? Always powerful evil presence. Yep. They need they're to really, literally. They're missing a it. marketing trick. They 100%. are. I absolutely would go for that, especially right now. Yeah, Halloween. They should do that. We should be in their marketing department. For <laughs> but then, you know, after all this happens, there's more blood. Like you've just been attacked and seen visions and been like yeah. trapped in it. So why do you stay? So tell me now, why do you stay? Well, he has to stay. I, I guess I'm not clear. That's his job. And he has done a million times worse than this. He is a character that you could make several spinoffs about. He's great. That's his job. He's been through it all the Why she stays, I'm a little bit confused. Yeah. And, it's all a bit odd. Yeah. Because there's so many parts of this movie that I think, because I know you guys look at horror movies from like a feminist angle, which is really cool. And there's, Parts of this movie that I think are amazing in a feminist way, and there's parts where I think are not. Like when I was looking at the credits today, I I, I rewatch. I've seen this movie like a hundred times. I rewatched it today to be like, oh, I'm gonna be with my friends on this like super cool podcast. And I looked at the credits, and you do not see a woman's name until you get to costume designer and casting. Like there's just loads of men's names, and it's like, okay, all right, I guess that's not really very cool. She's a really good actress. I think she does her job very, very well as an actress, but sometimes her motivation in the scenes, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, Irene, you're saying the, char- yeah. the actress plays Irene. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think she's good too. I really love her. I love her in American Horror Story, always have. And I love yes, the fact that she's yes. the younger sister of the woman who plays Thingy Warren mm-hmm. in the Conjuring films. Yeah. 
So you have a connection that way as well. I'm like Elizabeth Warren. She's into politics. <laughs> I, don't I don't know her name. She's such a good actress. Vera Farmerjana. Vera Farmerjana. And her name, I think, is Tessa. And some more things happen. Yeah, so they the split film. up. Um, they, I don't know why they split up, but they do. And I don't know why they stay. I don't know no, why they split up. Like, where are all the nuns at this point? No, no. She got. She. This is when she discovers the, the constantly praying nuns. Yeah, but like up until this point, since the first time, they haven't seen any more nuns. It's like, where are they all? And the church is all like lit red, and they find the sister. If she finds the sister on her knees praying, and the other nuns explains they have perpetual prayer. Someone is always praying, and then we go to the. Um, I think the bar. constantly praying nun. That would freak me out the most. I think. That could be an alternative title. Yeah. Just call it that. <laughs> Actually praying none. I said they're constantly praying none, but either way. Yes, then you've got Frenchie in the pub. Yeah, and he finds out from the landlord that one of the local girls has killed herself. And it's, I can't quite remember the context, but it's basically that the evil is, is leaking out of the abbey. Yeah, I remember this. And it was, it was yeah, again, this is something that like, so when they were when they were writing the plot and writing the characters, and you can see this with a storyboard, they're putting up the storyboard and where the characters move and each of the locations and they move here and they move here. You can see this kind of being done in a boardroom and they know they're like Frenchie, the French character, needs to go back to the convent. Why? And they're, and oh, why because would he, he believes, yeah, because he believes that their deaths are imminent. It's like, okay. Fine. That's how you wanted to communicate that in a bar while he's holding a crucifix. He's holding a crucifix. He's holding a giant wooden crucifix. He ripped off a grave because a dead nun tried to chase him. But hang on, wait. Someone's going to serve a bit of whiskey and be like, hey, you know what, Frenchie? I don't think that's the best place in the world to be right now. let me get my horse and cars and let me uber it and go direct i'm like no this i'm not this you could do this i'm like give me this one scene give me that one i will make it smarter i'll make it smarter i don't have a a, two people his this is a romanian village his daughter his 12 year old daughter just killed herself and him and his wife are crying in the corner alone like nobody else in the village is ours they're all just sitting at their separate tables being like, well, I'll talk to him in a minute. Like, it, it, no, none of that. That was probably my least favorite scene because it was like, I know what you're doing. This is so lazy. But this is where dialogue, dialogue you, you, you can't get my interest with jumping out of a cupboard. You need to have some kind of dialogue here to be like, hey, Frenchie, why did you let those, that priest and that nun stay up there? It's haunted. You should go back and get them. There's a million ways you could have done that. Very briefly. And the way that they did it was very sloppy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do agree. And again, it's just these series of baffling decisions. Like, why would you stay? Why would you go back? Why would you blah, blah, blah? Yeah, why would you leave them there? Why? Because even in, in like the most basic horror film, there's always some sort of flimsy reason, enough of a reason that we can buy into it. And, I, and again, with this movie, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see no, it. I even even with your, like Shane kind of pointed out, like, you're, this is his job. He has been sent by God. He sees it as like a mission from God, like Blues Brothers style. And so <laughs> this, this is his mission. So, okay. But even that, even that, like to serve God, you need to live, right? I mean, I don't know. So, and the other, the, the nun who hasn't taken her vows yet, what is her sort of dedication to staying in this place? It's his job, but it's not yet hers. No. So I'm confused by her choices too. 
But yes, so with the <laughs> lazy writing continuing, <laughs> Frenchie's like, yeah, mm-hmm, I need to go back. And you have Irene talking to one of the, the young nuns and as they're walking around and she explains that the abbey was built by a duke who wanted to open a gate to hell. Ah, yes, but the, the church, backstory. Yeah, the church stormed the castle and sealed the gate and that's why there's always a nun praying keep the gate and wait sealed. so that she explained that because yeah. also you've got like the father he's reading all the books that he found at the yeah. grave and he's finding out information too yeah so yeah. she gets the kind of 411 on the history of the abbey and then frenchy storms in looking all disheveled and enthusiastic doesn't he i think so the, yeah he arrives yeah. anyway because the way that um irene looks at him i've got written down she felt anything but holy. <laughs> okay. Here, what is this? Fifty Shades of the Ab- the Abbey? Of Fifty Shades of Nunneries? Fifty Shades of... Shane, jump in here. Love Fifty it. Shades of Nun. The secret. <laughs> exactly. That's Fifty exactly. Shades of Nun. More silence. It's just a silent tone. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Vespers. <laughs> Yeah, because also, yeah, when they're like, oh, our gates closed for Vespas, you can come back mid-morning. I'm like, yep, totally believable. I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. Like, I'm so there. I'm so there. Yeah, the, the no- okay, yeah, this is where we get into the complex stuff with the nuns, because at this point, I'm so invested in what's going I'm like, all I want to do is go to Romania and be possessed and have a friend and save me. That's the stage of mind I'm in at this point. Shane, if you went to an, a convent in Romania and got possessed, we would absolutely come and save you. 100%. I, thank you so much. That would be so nice. That I would... I, what, what an adventure it would be. I would be so fabulous. <laughs> I, I would be so fabulous, I feel. Shane would be like, a, leave me here. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like, trying to get the demon out. This is hot French guy in pool. <laughs> you guys, the demons are paying so much attention to me. Like, it's absolutely fine. I don't mind. Is it just great for your self-esteem? I don't, you're not here to rescue me. <gasps> you guys are actually the demons trying to get the, the, plot twist really plot bad. twist we, could, we just wrote our own horror movie in Romania now it's gotta be in Romania it's gotta be in Romania my notes literally say lots of things happen so Irene that's not a helpful <laughs> that's note. not helpful no that's Caitlin no. Irene wakes up from a, a dream to find the nun in her room and it's making like weird like clacky noises as it moves which that part was creepy yeah those kind of things I know they're so predictable but it's still it makes you cool. Jenny, I'm so with you. It does. They're like, I know what you're doing. These are common tricks. This is the jumping out of the cupboard. They're so common tricks, but they work. They're yeah. fun. You know, it's because all the way back to, you know, Reagan and the Exorcist, crab walking backwards down the stairs. It's it's creepy. Or, you know, um, is it Sakura? Well, not Sakura. What's her name? In the ring. And she's moving all... Oh, creepy, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. You can't walk backwards down the stairs unless you're an Olympic gymnast. And you can't... Or possessed by Satan. Or, yeah, you need to be... The, the likelihood of being possessed by Satan is high, yeah. For me, anyway, if the choice is for me to be able to walk down the stairs backwards or either become an Olympic gymnast or be possessed by Satan, I'm going Satan, it's easier. I'd probably go with Satan too because yeah. I'm lazy. I'm inherently yeah. lazy. That's a lot easier. Less stretches. So I have my, in my notes, father realizes the Reverend Mother isn't alive. Yes. So at this point, it's all very odd because why would you be wandering around the, the Abbey? Irene sees the nun and goes all wobbly. And then 
there's a, a line where someone like, go and get your things, only prayer will, will get us through this night. And the father goes and then he realizes that the sister, like, they realize that the nun's dead, basically. But there is this scene where she's praying yeah. and all the nuns are praying. And the way it's shot, I think, just aesthetically, it's very beautiful because she's the only one in white. Are they only in red? All the other nuns are, I think they're still in black, black at this point. Okay. And so they're all in black and she's in white. And I think just, the, again, the setting, the colors of the costumes, like the way that they're spaced out, the chanting, like I was getting my physical theater part on. It you definitely know. Worked, it, it was. Seen. It was shot. Yeah, they're having like a pre-off. Yes. And then there's like an, like an invisible force that's throwing people around. And so you got, and then Frenchie saves father and you kind of see Irene is the last nun left praying. So then the father and Frenchie kind of go to get her. Yeah, because she's there and like, yeah, everything, everyone else is around us gone. She's on her knees praying and it's like the back of her dress ripped open and it's like she's being whipped. Yes. And she's keep, like, she carries on praying while she's getting whipped. And so, yeah, they arrive and all the other nuns kind of disappear and that's when you realise... They were visions, I think. Yeah, they were like visions of what happened previously. Yeah, none of them were real, basically. I love this. I absolutely love this. And for everything, also, like, when I said I wanted to do this movie, I read a lot of reviews online and, like, not, like, shit film, one star. Loved it. Five like, proper reviews, like, people who wrote, like, at length. This annoyed a lot of people. I think this bothered um, a lot of people. It didn't bother me. I quite liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it fed into the narrative of um, okay so people who are listening to the podcast can't see Jenny grimacing <laughs> so he's like no I disagree you hated this part I, I didn't hate it it just was not a, any sort of surprise okay no it, no okay I, it, it wasn't a surprise I think the first time I saw it I think it was a surprise I think the first time I saw it was but um, the, the the nun at the beginning killing herself, that wasn't mm. a surprise, I knew that. But um, no, I thought maybe the nuns were... Weird. So you you thought all the time they were all ghosts? Yeah. I did, okay. I did too, only because of the Reverend Mother, like I was saying yeah. earlier, like the creepy voice and how she knew things that she wouldn't, as a human, like know automatically. Yeah, and, and it's like, why, as, uh, why is no one... How she was so covered up and where's everybody and yeah. why haven't they buried the other nun? And like, I immediately was getting kind of ghosts, that it was a ghost yeah, place it, it kind of feeling the of only that. kind of logical. Yeah, and so same, I think maybe the first time I was, maybe, I don't think I was surprised, maybe I was, but not really. And yeah. even then, I don't think it necessarily matters so much. I don't think it takes away from it. I, do, I don't even no, necessarily I, I, think... No, I think it's... I, you know, I wouldn't want them to take it out. No, and I don't think the film tried to present it as this big, giant twist. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that was the intent. So to some extent, it didn't really matter. And I think because you'd had that interaction with the young, the other young priests, or sorry, the other young nun talking to Irene, I don't think they ever named her necessarily, but the one who was kind of giving the history yeah. in that dialogue, like she's speaking to someone. So I, th- I was a little surprised about that part, but the Reverend Mother, like not at all. Clearly she was never alive. <laughs> yeah. And then they decide like, okay, we have to seal the gateway, you know, since the, the nuns have all died and the, obviously the perpetually praying nun hasn't been praying. So the gateway is now open, which is how Valak managed to escape. I'm guessing. So that we're going to seal, seal the gateway and that's when Irene says, right, if we're doing this, I need to take my vows. And Frenchie looks so disappointed because he definitely wanted to nail that. He did. He definitely wanted to nail that. He was, there, was, there was some thirst. Also, apparently to close the gateway, you need a Fabergé egg. Full of the blood of Christ. 
Oh, was it full of the blood? Yeah, of I thought it was empty the whole time. No, oh no. The central, the central part of it is it's a it's a Fabergé egg with syringe needle with the blood of Christ inside it. I mean, the blood of Christ is just brilliant. Yeah, it's just it does. It, it's like ten Xanax. It's just like the the blood of Christ just does whatever you need it to do. Pretty much, and I like the fact that isn't it like a still still a liquid in this vial? Oh, it's totally still a liquid. It's totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's if you look close up in the movie, it looks like a nice Merlot. Because <laughs> I have, yeah. a, I've been to, I've seen a holy relic in Bruges. They have a, a, a vial of Jesus's blood, and you can go in, and there's like some old priest men. No, what? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's cool. I'm not even sure he was a real person. They've got a vial of his blood, hasn't it? At all? Isn't well, it just funny at this point? There's a vial of something, anyway. But that was all dust, you know, because it's like, it's, if it's real, it's thousands of years old. So, yeah, they just have this Fabergé egg full of Merlot. <laughs> and that's what's going to save them. A Fabergé egg of Merlot. I love the line, it's like, there is a time for prayer and a time for action. Now is a time for action. <laughs> Get that Fabergé egg. That's yes, I like this because, yeah, the nuns kept, um, I mean, I, oh, I love a good nun who prays. I mean, that's just, you can fucking pray everything away. But yeah, okay, yeah. This is, yeah, this is where I feel like they start to enter into like action sequence. They're like, yeah. the nun has a, there's some beautiful, there's some beautiful cinematography. The nun walks on water. The nun stands up and walks on water, which is like the iconic Jesus thing to do. That is a Jesus um, move. Yeah. She stole it's it. Jesus. Yep. It's a Jesus move. I tend to do it at parties and people love me. Uh, water into wine, not so good. Good party trick, though. Yeah, wine into water. I'm like, look, your Merlot is actually just Avion. I can do that. <laughs> just finish. Avi- no, not Avion, but Avion. Avion? Well, I don't know what it is. Avion. Yes. Avion. Avion. But, but you know, there was a sort of Silent Hill nurse nun part yeah she's got to like walk through them i mean that was pretty creepy yeah yeah so yeah there's like at this point we it's just the nun is just there it's like oh look the nun's there the nun's behind you oh look an evil nun now you're in a pentagram it was like it's like that old spice advert look at me now i'm on a horse now Now i'm I'm in a boat it's like oh look it's like the old spice of evil (laughs) now i'm in a pentagram (laughs) Look, here's my Fabergé egg. Now I'm in a pentagram. Now there are nuns chanting. <laughs> There's cookie dead nuns in the hallway. So we have poor Frenchie slash Shane. <laughs> he falls into like a room and it's full of nuns with bloody sacks on their heads. So I'm guessing these are the Silent Hill nuns yes, that you were thinking yeah, of. That's right. They ki- they kill him or they seemingly no kill they him? don't they don't kill him because he survives. They kind of like they're making all these horrible clicking noises which I didn't like. And he runs, he kind of escapes from them, and he finds Irene, and she's floating in the air, and she's possessed by the nut, by the nun. Is it Valak, Shane? Valak, yeah, Valak, yeah. Yeah. Which I like because it sounds similar to Phallic. It does sound very Phallic. Let's just call her Phallic. Phallic, Phallic. Phallic. You can Phallic my balls. So, you've got to get, you got to get the Fabergé egg. That's all I know. Yeah. But I did at one point write, this could be any maniac. Like, why the nun? Why the Fabergé egg? Like, why specifically is she so angry and hostile and wants to kill everyone? Like, we don't ever get that story, do we? 
they don't explain that. No, um, I we we know that from the very very beginning in the very first scene, they're like this, this person needs a vessel in order to leave. They need a human being in order to possess in order to leave. So. I guess for me, I kind of thought while you're on the mon- while you're in the monastery, anything goes. Like the nun kind of has free reign. Yeah, she can create all these things. Now, why doesn't she just fucking murder the people that are there? Well, that's a bit like the Lord of the Rings. Why don't you just take those two giant birds at the end of <laughs> yeah. the world and slide into the mountain? Like I don't know. I guess it's just the story. But um, yeah, the ending gets a bit okay. You got the you got the blood of Christ, um, which and you get the Knights Templar. We've got we've got World War Two because bombing the monastery itself, the bombs on the monastery during the Second World War actually shook the ground and awoken the great evil. So been going on for what? Why is she disguised as a nun? Uh, is it generally not- just that because the gateway to hell was opened there was by the Duke who who created it? And yeah, like now the evil has escaped, it's just taking on the guise of what it's surrounded by. So it's awoken in a, in a, in an abbey surrounded by nuns. So do you think maybe that's why it's taken on the form of a nun? Yeah, I think so. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, it, for cinema, it works really well, but it isn't a human, like, I guess it's not in human form. So yeah. at the beginning when it's like, uh, she looks like us, but she's not one of us. You know, when that, that scene where Irene, the one to be known, like the main character, is speaking to the nuns who are there, who are ultimately dead, but they're like, well, she looks like us, but she's not one of us. I felt her presence. I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that you disguise yourself as a nun. (laughs) But now you've got people here who were like, you're clearly evil. We know you're evil. Show your real form. I guess that costs for my... Also, what I think it's really interesting in horror films in general, and you guys touched on this in an episode, I think it was episode nine that you guys were talking about Insidious. And you touched on this, the less you saw of the demon, the scary was, the more human a demon is, the less scary it is because it does human things. So, like, it starts doing human things. So the nun, it's like, we know it's evil, we know it's phallic, we know it's escaped from what we're, we know it's in a comment. Why does it and still show itself as a nun. I guess it could have transformed into this thing. But then you, you go down a Jeepers Creepers element where I, I don't know if you guys have seen Jeepers Creepers, but it's Yeah, so not cool. for a very long time, but I've yeah. Seen it, yeah. It's so cool until you actually see the thing and then you're just like <laughs> that's like fourth grade paper mache. That's funny. <laughs> it just it doesn't work. So I think there's a part of it. They just keep her as the nod. They just keep it. Yeah. For cinema. Yeah. But we have this bit. So obviously Irene is possessed by the nun and she throws Frenchie across the room. But then somehow then she is like unpossessed. Now she's in a pool and the nun is trying to drown her. And it's like, what? why? Why is she trying to drown her? I don't really understand why it's happening. And then somehow Irene gets... The blood of Christ into her mouth. She spits the blood. And spits the blood at the nun. Yeah, and defeats her. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. I, I, I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> I can I can suspend my disbelief, but only so far. Well, and then you have a friend, she kind of rescues you, like pulls her out. Doesn't yeah, he? he pulls her out and she... she and you notice yeah. he has an upside down cross on his neck. Yes. Yeah, so the nun, the nun touched him, and yeah, we just see way too much of the nun for it to be scary at this point. Well, I found all of this part like very sort of messy. Yeah, it was, the action wasn't necessarily clear why 
people were doing certain things. It wasn't clear. Yeah, it wasn't clear. And then, and then you sort of fast forward to 20 years later and the Warrens are giving a lecture, right? Yep. About, about Frenchie being possessed. Now I thought that was a nice touch because it ties everything in together, gives you a little bit of context for what comes next, but we've already seen those movies. So like a pre, how do you call it? It's, it's like, a, like a prequel. Well, yeah, kind of. it is yeah. a prequel. Cause in, I think it's in the conjuring one or two and you start seeing the nun, like images of the nun. Mm. And it's, Ever since she she did, or they worked a case, and it's obviously Frenchie's case, and that's how. Yeah. Now the demon's like transferring them to her. Yeah, I did like I did like that, but by this point, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? It was a little chaotic, I feel, and I think that sometimes in horror films, chaos can work if you have set up that world within which the chaos functions. But in this case, that did not happen, and so between the like Fabergé full of Merlot. Um, when she was possessed and then not possessed. And again, like what is driving the nun? I, I know sometimes no motive is the scariest thing. We've like, absolutely we know that talked she, about she's that. She's driving, she's, like Shane said, she needs like a human body to get out. So she needs to be able to possess someone. But then why is she trying to drown Irene if she wants to possess her? So many questions. Yeah. Well, no, but I think, no, but I think in that sense, we don't know that in the moment, but we realize later she has already possessed Frenchie. Yeah. And she has been possessed. Frenchie's been possessed before. Mm-hmm. So her mission is simply to kill. And ultimately, the ultimate goal is really to kill that nun. Because, I mean, the nun could refer to the evil nun or the actual real nun because her visions are in the way of everything. So I yeah. think it stands, it stands for the evil nun's benefit to be like, I possessed myself onto this French guy, which the audience does not yet know. But I need to go back and kill this person because they're the ones with the visions. They're the ones who've brought all of this harm upon me. At the beginning of the movie, if Frenchie had just gone into the room and took the deliveries, I could have just possessed him. But now I have to do all this other bollocks. So I get why the nun wanted to kill the real human nun. Irene. Because she's the vessel of good. She's the one, like Mary points the way. She's the one who's figured out the way to destroy it. Ultimately, do you guys have another section where you're like ending? Yeah, so usually like, right about now, I would say to you like how many out because we always do it out of five. How like how many nuns habits would yeah. you would you give? How this many from? upside down crucifixes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you give it pentagrams, I think, right? Like yeah, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, it, it changes every film. Yeah, but, but ultimately, and then we sort of discuss why because for me, like if you're going to give it a really high or a really low score or even a totally run of the mill middle score, I want to know why, like what worked for it, what worked against it, like that. So yeah, like how, like for me, I say mine, I give it two. I give it to. I knew you'd give it to. I fucking knew you'd give it to. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what about what about you, Shane? How many? Come on, Shane. What would you give this? How many flaming? Well, Jenny, what would you give it first? I thought Caitlin would give it two, and I think you'd give it three or maybe three and a half. Two. Oh, and two, two as well. I'm okay. so sorry. Do you know what? If you'd asked me, no, yesterday, I didn't. I didn't make the damn movie. Don't apologize to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really just started. No, but it's your choice. Um, if you'd asked me, this is the third time I've seen it. I saw it once. With Caitlin, but like you said when we were talking about it yesterday, we couldn't really pay attention. We were doing we were things. super hungover, and also we watched it in the middle of the day. And the way that my TV is situated, if there's light coming through, you get just a terrible glare on the TV. And so much of this takes place in darkness. Yeah, it's dark, it's dark. And so if you get that glare going, I mean, you can't make anything out. So I almost feel like that first viewing didn't count. That was the first time I'd ever yeah. seen it. 
And then I watched it with my husband Andy some point last year when we were, we decided to watch all of the Conjuring Universe films. Um, so I saw it again then. And I think up until yesterday, if you'd asked me, I probably would have given it three. But I just feel like it gets worse every time I see it. So... It does, it does, it does, it does. It's full of it's full of cheap tricks and it does. Um I'm gonna give it a three and a half, because I know Jenny you give halves. Yeah. Like I'm gonna give it a three and a half. And I knew Jenny, I thought you'd give it I thought you'd you'd be a three K I knew you'd be a two. But I know um yeah, I no, no, I get it, like uh but the, you know when you're talking about your T V and there's a glare and I watch it in the middle of the day. So much of that, which goes back to the first thing I was saying about my phone was robbed when I saw Star Wars. Like, so much of that impacts how we think. We can be as academic and as critical as we want. Ultimately, if I'm like, yeah, no, like, I watched that movie and then the fire alarm in the building went off and I had to be evacuated and then I had to go back in again, so I was annoyed. They do affect our perceptions of what we think films are. And I guess for me, would I ever call this movie, like, a critically good movie in terms of dialogue no but you know what it did it did it did two things that horror movies should do it made me escape and it entertained me and they're like you know whereas like silence of the lambs i always reference that one as being like i don't know why we shouldn't do that that's like the great one this makes you think it is so clever it's so funny no movie has ever terrified me more than the exorcist so entertainment because i was raised really catholic my two uncles are priests. My aunt is a nun. I was raised really Catholic. The Exorcist, we were never supposed to watch it. And I was 13, my sister was four, and I followed her around the garden, <laughs> thinking that if she went behind a particular tree, Satan would possess her. And I knew I, <laughs> I, knew I, couldn't, I couldn't say that. Loud. And my parents would find me in the morning, asleep on her floor. Like, I would go into her room just to make sure Satan didn't be there. I was terrified of that film. Absolutely terrified. But I guess for this one, it's like, this it, in entertainment value, it hit its nose. I was entertained. But that has a lot to do with where you are and like what your you're doing. Your experience yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. And I don't think, I, I don't think a horror film has to have an amazing plot or you know it doesn't have to be like critically good agree um for it to be a great film you know sometimes we joke about how guilty pleasures but i'm not guilty about any of them some of my favorite horror films are trash and that's why i love horror so much it's the only genre where the bad films are almost as loved as much as the good Mm. yeah absolutely yeah good point yeah they are they are and it's yeah, it's and also like there, there's aspects of feminism in this movie I thought were kind of good. Like, first of all, Mary points the way. It's not really like Jesus or God or praying like it is in all the other films. It's a nun who has, and then she decides to take her vows. And I fucking love, my God, I love a big blockbuster horror movie that has no interest in a love story. Yes. Because... I feel like someone needs to tell every Hollywood producer, you know what, when two people magically fall in love at the end of a movie, we don't always need that. That's not always necessary, but that's in every film. The guy gets the girl, the girl gets the girl, the guy gets the the non-binary gets the non like whatever the fuck. (laughs) I don't need this. Actually, you can all just carry on about your lives at the end of it. No one needs to magically fall in love. We can all just coexist. 
I've had lots of movie experiences where I just am a human at the end of it. Yeah, that's that's kind. Of, I like that there's no love story. They're not trying to force a love narrative. There. Transformers. What this is? A, this is a movie about a warrior that turns into an oven that turns into a walk home. <laughs> and we have to have a love story because God forbid no one pays any attention to the film. We have to have a love story. We don't fucking need a love story all the time. Titanic, it's just bad engineering. We don't need a love story. Irish, I'm Irish. All you listeners love my country. Do not get us to build your boats. We're <laughs> That's the point. Oh, we hit an iceberg. Fun fact, every fucking boat hit an iceberg. They hit icebergs all the fucking time. But the Irish boat, the biggest boat in the world, the best boat ever, it hit one, and that's what happened. Don't marry the story. Nothing to do with Kate Winslet. Do not let us build your boats. We're just the boat. That is the moral of the story. That is the moral of this episode, Jane. Don't let the Irish build your boats. Don't let the Irish build your boats. So that's it, that's it. But the mar- what, what, like, what is the, what is the takeaway of this movie? Like, I want to go to Romania. That's all I want to know. And I think French Canadians are hot. Give me your makeup. <laughs> Don't we all, we all think French Canadians are hot. That French Canadian, that film was hot. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, <laughs> enter- entertainment counts for a lot. Yeah. The Irish really shouldn't build ships. And <laughs> I think aside from a rushed story, sort of lazy character development, there were, you know, moments that were creepy. And as I said, the atmosphere, they nailed yeah, there were a the couple set, of really you know, the beautiful shots. was yeah. incredible. Like you said, the mm-hmm. Shane cinematography in parts was really effective. I just think they were let down by the dialogue in a lot of it, which unfortunately can take you out of yeah. things. The obvious twists yeah. as well. Yeah, just just try to add a tiny bit of creativity to it. And then you know, I think the decisions that the characters made, I found myself becoming so frustrated with them. And that's never that's never makes for an effective horror film, I feel, because I didn't overwhelmingly find it scary much at all. And I will accept anything, trash, like anything. If you make me scared... Right. Yeah, win. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be a big like blockbuster, huge budget, like well-known actors. It doesn't need any of that. No, like look at Blair Witch. Yeah, just I want to be scared. Oh, I'm, and there's oh. a really good. Um, there's a really good British one, Caitlin. I think I watched it with you before years ago. And it's called Eden Lake. Yeah, we watched that together. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's just so good because it's like, well, if I was camping and there was a group of annoying teenagers. There's nothing that these characters do that I don't think I wouldn't do. Exactly. Like, I would be like, hey, guys, I'm not going to, like, attack you with a knife. But can you just, like, not really be full out? And it's how that escalates that is the absolute terror factor of that. Like, yeah, there is. This, this for me, is escapism. Like, I don't How many problems have you encountered in a Romanian monastery? <laughs> I mean, I pretty much something goes wrong every time for me. It seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've had, I'm going to say, I'm going to say about four meaningful encounters with nuns in a Romanian monastery, like, um, all of them imaginary, none of them real. <laughs> They're the best kind. But it, well, I was interested to hear your thoughts, because you had a lot of enthusiasm for it, and I think you're absolutely right, like, sometimes it's just escapism, it's just entertainment, you don't need any justification for yeah. why for why you enjoy it like i certainly no, have horror films like one that 100 yeah and one of the amazing things about horror is that horror horror really uh 
really, uh, what's the word, like, uh, uh, raw emotions are never considered with respect in the arts, I think. So, like, comedy. Like, to make somebody burst out loud laughing, that that, that isn't really given the respect that it's deserved. And to make someone fucking shit themselves <laughs> isn't really given the respect that it, that it deserves. But to make somebody cry or question, the, like, you know, these things are really beautiful. But, um, like, to make somebody really fucking scared... Like that's a that's a really clever thing to be able to do. It's like comedy. Comedy's never really given the same stages as like look how many how many comedy movies that describe themselves as comedy have won Best Picture at the Academy Awards? Never. Because it's always considered like pandering. Well, the Academy Awards are bullshit. I'm just yeah. going to throw that in there for myself. Okay. But, but, but I get what you mean because you're looking at you know, sort of a larger... Sorry, Shane, go ahead. Mm. No, you know what I mean. Like it, 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 um, it, it just me. It, uh, to make somebody laugh or to make so to make somebody scared. It's like, oh, that's really easy. I'm like, is it? You do it. You fucking do it. Then you're not so funny. In theater training, they say comedy is significantly more difficult than tragedy. For example, you can tug on heartstrings and make your audience cry a thousand times easier than you can make them laugh. And and we learned in theater how when you break down comedy, it's actually very technical and it's extremely difficult. And I think you're right. I think horror or really frightening somebody is a little bit like that because it also so much of it comes down to like individual experience and individual perspective. You know, what's traumatizing and triggering for one person watching might mean absolutely nothing to someone else. And so these horror films that you get that are sort of perceived as you know overwhelmingly scary to the vast majority of people it doesn't happen very often no you get those odd ones like the exorcist or maybe texas chainsaw or but then i think you know, those films it you have to look at the kind of the, what's happening in the world whilst they came out that's so true and, too. And why, yeah. why those films hit as hard as they did mm. whereas i think these days yeah like everybody finds different things scary everybody finds different things funny which is why you know, horror and comedy are the hardest to to get right for everybody. Everybody gets would get sad in one way or another if a relative died or their partner broke up with them. But they're not all going to be scared of weird noises. Or- no, but sort of jumping off what you're saying there, like, yes, a lot of it does matter what was going on at the time. Like, Texas Chainsaw, The Exorcist, you look at the years that those were made and kind of current events at that time, whatever. But equally, like Shane made this point earlier about The Nun, it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. Like the more times you watch it, the more it kind of falls apart. Yeah. Where really well done, clever films, the more you watch them, the more you almost want to watch them because you're gleaning new information or you're feeling something new every time you watch it. And so I think there's something to be said for that for that as well, you know? Yeah. That gets into a generational gap because younger people, I feel, at least people I work with, don't rewatch films. Things have to have a sensational idea that you've been, so like Marvel, like the, the the highest grossing movie that has ever been made in human history is Marvel Endgame. I don't know how many times anyone's actually watched it. I think you watch it and you're done. But it's what oh, you think I've watched it movie. maybe like twelve times. Yeah, I've watched it. I times. love it. I've watched it a lot. Okay, I think it's a terrible film, and I don't want to be friends with either one of you. But my point <laughs> is, <laughs> but, but but like maybe you hit you hit everyone and you hit heart. You do it like. You, you like you do Rihanna, like you hit every you you get, just get that song played everywhere, and then in twenty five years, no one's really gonna play it. Maybe you don't do the. I keep referencing that seven. You know seven when you see set like seven is just that's a slow hit. You could show 
someone who's 18 who doesn't know who Brad Pitt is or Morgan Freeman and you could show them seven and they don't know any of the 90s and why don't they have a mobile phone you could show them seven and be like this is a fucking well-made film yeah like, this is put together very very well so Shane what's your favorite horror film I don't know, and I don't know why I said the nun, but I knew we got good ground out of it. I knew I would pick something that would piss both of you off. But I actually <laughs> expected a little, I, I actually got a little bit of a different, different opinion, but I didn't get one. You're both like, no, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we gave it credit where it was due. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, and we didn't even say this, but I will say as well, like, all the performances were very mm. good. All the actors were very good. Yeah, I actors, mean, yeah. it, I, I would be remiss not to not to mention it at all because they, they were all believable in their own way. I think what let it down was much more choices that the director probably made and the script in and of itself, I think. Yeah. You know, nothing to do with the actors. Which is obsessive. No, and then, like, the, conjuring, no. the Conjuring films and the Annabelle films are scary. Yeah, some are scarier than others, but it will be interesting to do the Conjuring with you because I think we'll have different yes. views on it. But... I think we will, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think as well. Like, uh, it, this is a world, this is a universe that you're both familiar with because you both like know horror films, and I just, I love, I love the idea of the landscape being a person in it. And I just, I had again the, the Star Wars thing when I went to see it. I just had so much fun at the cinema. The last time I did that was here. You know that 4XD thing where the seats move? So yeah. whatever, setting, whatever setting they have on that, like, they turn to like six. In Slovakia, we went to see um, the Ten Rings. I don't know how you call it in English because I only saw it in Slovak. Yeah, it was like the, the Marvel movie. The, the Ten Rings thing. So we went to see that. And um, whatever way they turn the seats in Ireland, they turn them to like 11. It's like a... There was like shit was flying. Babies were flying out of seats. Like it was brilliant. This is like earthquake territory watching this Marvel movie. And I had two friends who'd never been to 4XD. They're both Irish. And I was like, guys, this is not how it is in Ireland. They don't move this much. The seats were like vibrating the moment we saw them. It was so much fun. But it is impossible for me to detach the merits of the movie from having like the most amount of fun in the cinema. Like it's just, it's you, they're part and parcel. My favorite horror movie, I, I, Silence of the Lambs springs to mind because I just think it is amazing dialogue and it's, it, it's, it's a confined space. It's not using, nothing is unreal. There's no, there's no, they're not using any trickery of religion or like religion or ghosts or anything to, to, get into your fears they're just using they're just using confined spaces and really good dialogue and very 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 good acting and you don't get that in horror films at all and science and Lambs really i i in my opinion changed the game for a lot of what horror could be science and Lambs, i think is is definitely up there i don't know if it's my favorite because it's not fun to watch you know what i mean i wouldn't come home from an eye but i'm gonna whack on science and Lambs. It's not fun to watch. And um, Alien, Alien, like the first Alien. Is yeah, really. And we've covered that. Really yeah, we film. did. We did cover that one. That we, we, I watched. I listened to it. Yeah, and I. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good. The the recently the witch, and you also covered it too. We love that film. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. Some great choices yeah. there. And then like. we sort of talked as well about this new newly minted genre that's kind of called elevated elevated horror, which. 
I don't super love the name of that. We no, discussed I, as well. It's like has this sort of overtone of elitism to it that I don't love. But this idea that, you know, it doesn't have to be, no offense, like slumber party massacre level. Like yeah. you can get really good writers, directors, directors of photography. Like you can pay a little more and have excellent actors. Like look at Hereditary. You got Gabriel Byrne, you yep. got Tony Collette. These are Academy Award winning badass actors, you know, you didn't used to get horror like that. You no. just didn't. Same with you. It's um, using landscape as a character. The witch uses landscape as a character very, very well. And yes. like, yeah, um, we talked about that actually. Yeah, because yeah. we did we did yeah. a whole series on folk horror and you know, folk horror is all about the landscape and ancient yes. Yeah. So we did we did Midsummer, we did The Witch, we did Blair Witch Project, and then Relic, which was setting as a character as opposed to landscape. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Shane. We've loved having you. Is there anything else you want to say or you want to add? Have you got anything you want to talk about? Do you have any projects in the works you want yep. to sort of give us a shout out? Um, if you liked me, another existential crisis, another existential crisis. Um, it's a long name to spell. And to be honest, if you can't spell it, then we shouldn't really be friends. <laughs> if you can't spell it I don't want you listening anyway yeah so that's another existential crisis find Shane there doing wonderful fabulous things yeah and as always I've loved having you Shane so yeah. it's always fun to get another opinion and hear some enthusiastic feedback about the nuns and your insight on you know the Catholic Church was just it was a delight it was a delight <laughs> um, you guys I want to say I love your podcast I love it I think you guys are great let's do more I want to do more with you so please have me back you're great okay okay we will we promise we will but only if you keep telling us how great we are yeah yeah you have to just keep telling us um, but thank you for listening thank you everyone out there for listening we have been celebrating this whole time 1,000 1,000 um, listens 1,000 listens to our podcast so we thank you for your support as always like review subscribe rate please write us a review on itunes do all the things somebody write us a review on itunes please we beg you and Um, uh, yeah and speak to us on the facebook group let's watch scary movies podcast until next time brothers keg take us out Bye. bye